0: a day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful
1: first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. <laughs>
0: Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome back to 90210oso, Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always on this project is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? JT, I'm
2: hanging and banging, and we finished off that summer mini-season. We've started, restarted um, our junior year of high school. We've met Emily Valentine, covered kind of a lot of ground here already in this second season um you know eight now nine episodes in and uh i wonder what we're gonna get into this time out we've got a guest a great returning guest um maybe is is this our most frequent guest jt that's a
0: question maybe oh that's possible um it's definitely possible because i believe it's her one two well third time i feel like we've got another third timer I feel like we do, yeah. Rocco, right? I think Rocco. Rocco's been on three times, too. We'll see who gets to five first. Um, Gets the elusive West Beverly varsity jacket. Yes, that's right. Five-timer club. I get that letter jacket. Yeah, gotta do that. His uh, name's Charlie. Bit on? He's only been on twice. All right, anyway, let's get started. Uh, yeah, we recently found out breaking up is hard to do as well. Uh, so that was a life lesson we got at our last episode. And we'll continue on here through season two. Like you said, we're back in the school year. We're on season two, episode nine. And joining us to break that one down is our good friend, Miss Jennifer Smith. Jenny, how are you?
1: I am doing well. Uh, happy to be here in my favorite threesome. You know, I've been... And a lot of threesomes um, when it comes to podcasting. And uh, I got to say, you guys really rank right up in the top for me.
0: That's our goal, to be like a little Uh bucket of dim sum for you. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then some. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Let's see what we got going on here in season two, then. Episode nine, Ashes. Two Ashes. Aired September 19th, 1991. A very robust rating, Tim—a uh, 19, which is our high outside of the season premiere, which was a 19.1. So, Damn. at this point, you know, just about tied for our best episode uh, viewership to date. And you know, we said it—it it was down a little bit toward the end of summer, coming off the holiday, et cetera. Um, but this is a pretty strong rating. And I'm wondering how this episode was received, because our right. next three are down quite a bit, and then we bounce up mm-hmm. big time after that. So It's almost like
2: maybe uh, the introduction of a new character and Emily Valentine mm. went over pretty well, and people maybe wanted to see more of her, and then watched this episode in anticipation, yeah. and
0: were like, hmm, this is... <laughs> That's not exactly what I had in mind. Well, I was wondering, like, is there a chance... Like, she was meant to be on a bunch from the star, right? Because the way they filmed. It's not like they would have done this without her. It went down and they brought her back or anything. I mean, I'm guessing they had an arc for her planned. It wasn't like a one-time thing and then they brought her back because it did well or anything.
2: Yeah, it's... I mean, it's weird that she's brought in. She gets, I mean, that huge introduction and Mm -hmm. then just not a word about the character. Yeah, they don't
0: even mention her. I mean, well, let's go back then. Like, do you think... I always know like you have these thoughts that maybe some of these mm-hmm. things end up out of original order. I yeah. guess not, because the whole Emily episode is built around going back to school. So there's no yeah. way they would have done this it's, one first. There's no
2: way you could have done this first, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just weird that it, you're right.
0: That, that, she's not even on. It's just they, don't even, they don't even talk about her. It's like it didn't. Right. The, it's like yeah. she doesn't even exist yet in the show.
2: It's, I mean, Brandon's even. Not to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, but he's right. like almost semi dating someone else when it seems like, I don't know, Emily kind of caught his eye, right? So
0: Yeah, this feels completely. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk they about it. It's uh, like a comics arc. Like a comics
1: arc, you know, like where, I don't know, just like a built in amount of time has happened and they just move away from that yeah. storyline. Even
0: yeah, I think it comes back as the weird thing. Like, I guess we'll just see in our next one. I guess we'll just see like, if they go back to they it. They may like... reset. They may reset the next one. Yeah, it I feels like a little
1: one. bit of a soft reset.
0: You know? yeah. yeah. It's just interesting that it, it was completely not mentioned. Like, even just give a throwaway from Brenda, like, oh, what about Emily? Now you're worried about this girl. You know, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's slow. Going slow or something. Whatever. They mm-hmm. like, give us some reason to think. There's something so. It's
2: just. On. I guess the the point is, it's just abrupt, given how serialized the show has now become. Right. You know yeah. that that entire summer, the the string of seven episodes set during the summer were all very one led into another, another led into another. Then you get the first day of school, and now it's like, oh, we're doing like the season one thing again. Which,
0: right? And maybe this was supposed to air later, and other... they brought it forward. I mean, it just it seems like mm-hmm. nothing else really happens in the episode yeah. at all. Um there's also another character missing who isn't long for this show with Scott. So like, is there a chance maybe it was meant for like just air to fill a gap somewhere? You know what I mean? And they just, they just pulled it off the shelf and they they needed to, because it's really a bottle episode, like nothing else. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing in this episode. It could slide in like anywhere. Like nothing is serial about this episode.
2: Yeah. The only thing that, that, I mean, they did do these things called, um, I think they called them double-ups, where they would film like two episodes at a time. Right. They would just kind of, you know, logistically, I'm sure it was a nightmare to coordinate because you had to deal with availability of actors. And it's like, how many scenes are are they in in this episode versus that? And what days do we need them on set? But they would get it done because they had so many episodes to fill. Um, But I don't think they were this far ahead in terms of their filming schedule versus right. the actual air date. So it's like, I don't think they would even be filming episode. They would be filming that far out like episodes for much later in the season. Yeah. This early on, unless well, it doesn't like even said, feel like was...
0: it doesn't even feel like Dylan and Brenda are really together. You know what I mean? Like, it's just all yeah, very kind of there. generic. It's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This makes me wonder if they recorded it, if they filmed it, Thinking we'll, use it, it. we'll yeah. use it at some point. We'll use it at some point, and then decide to do it here. It was like a very special episode because <laughs> that, that's yeah, what, I yeah. like, I, I guess we'll just see. I, I think we'll have to see what the next couple feel like. Is it if we go right back to where we left off in Wildfire and see episode eight? Then I'd say this feels like it was just kind of thrown just in. in. Yep. All right, all right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so we're at the Walsh House. There's a large crew there. There's a guy at the front, kind of <laughs> leading a discussion around neighborhood watch and safety. He says it only takes 90 seconds to have your house robbed, and an armed guard from the West Beverly Patrol could be at your front door in that same time if you were to sign up for the system. He thanks their hosts, Jack and Candy Walsh, and uh, (laughs) the newest uh, subscribers to the alarm system. So they are Jim and Cindy have now signed up for this West Beverly Safety Patrol, and Cindy signs up to be a captain as well for the watch. Uh, there's a woman from the neighborhood that seems like she's kind of running the show on behalf of their neighborhood. She's very catty. She's taking a dump on all the other neighbors, of course, as you would expect. Uh, Cindy asks about some new neighbors and says, "Well, oh, what are they like? And the old woman says, oh, you'll see. And you know, right away. The was, new people. Yeah. anyone. By, by that response to the old lady, you know exactly what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to West Bev. Steve arrives. He's giving himself a little pep talk the rest of the crew is chatting and we see that someone's kind of taking candid shots from a camera view. And to me, this also made it seem like a very random, like not episode that would be like standard fair for them. Like we just keep Mm -hmm. getting like, you know, the camera click sound and uh, almost like black and white Polaroids popping on the screen of what we're seeing, which felt very different as well. So again, it almost feels like it just feels like a weird, like special edition episode. Uh, Brad arrives at the Beverly Blaze, West Beverly blaze, Andrea says they found a new staff photographer, photographer. His name is Robinson Ash, the third, which at first I thought, okay, this is definitely a fake name and it's going to be like, we don't ever see the photographer. (laughs) I thought that's where we're headed. Uh, Andrea shows off uh, Robinson's lifestyle shots, which are all of Brandon's friends, which Brandon finds interesting. Uh, And he says, Hey, does he shoot sports? And Andrea says she hasn't met him yet. Brandon, you go do it. And this is where I thought for sure it was going to be like a Peter Parker thing <laughs> or stuff to wear. We don't actually ever see him. Um, Brandon goes to the dark room and he assumes this, we get off to a good start right out of the gate. Oh, There's man. a white kid in a sweater that's like super preppy looking and he just assumes that's Robinson. Uh, but it's not. It's a it's a black guy and he's super confident about his talent. Brandon puts him right to work. RA3, which I'm going to call him from here on out, is struggling a bit with the gig. Uh, but he's just fucking with Brandon. He says, No, I'm actually very confident. I'm going to crush it. Uh, RA3 asks Brandon for a ride home. Brandon's like, Well, I would, but uh, see, I'm joking too. So they already kind of have this friendly relationship with some ball busting. What do you think of this one, Tim? Okay. Um,
2: yeah, Brandon kind of, he first he makes the assumption, which, all right, I mean, fair enough. I, I guess I can cut him some slack on that point. But, um, he kind of, uh, doubles, he kind of doubles down on his own ignorance by going, you're Robinson. He was just so (laughs) astonished. And he, he could not hide that in his voice and in in his reaction, which, um, did not, did not get them off on the right foot at all. I don't think, but you know, RA, what are we calling him? RA the third, uh, kind of RA three kind of, um, you know, he, he kind of goes with the flow here. He's, he's all right with it. He's probably used to this kind of treatment, you know, God bless him. But, um, yeah. So if we haven't put two to two, two and two together yet, um, Robinson is, is one of the new people that have moved into the Walker house. Um, so new neighbors for the Walsh's here, you would think that'd be kind of a big deal, but I don't know. We'll, we'll get more into this as it plays out throughout this episode. Um, also, kind of like how Andrea made it clear to Brandon under no uncertain terms that he will be offering uh, Roberts, Robinson this staff photographer job. So <laughs> the the little exchange they have where Brandon's like, "What if I don't like him?" She's just like, "Well, try to like him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after she sees his work." So good Andrea stuff here. Um, I kind of like her black and white polka dot outfit as well. I've I've got that down as an early contender for. 90s looks um jenny are, are you as impressed with andre here as i am
1: big badge energy is that a thing
2: mm, uh, okay she yeah. had it
1: yeah it's rare well it's not rare but i like when she puts brandon in, in his place sure <laughs> yeah it gets the upper hand on him because really if he simps for him so much that uh, it's kind of good for him good for her <laughs> to get it in when she can um right, right. Honestly, I wonder about Cindy's frame of mind here. Like, is she just like super bored? You know? Yeah. She, like, this is
0: a little yeah.
1: Legit like, concerned about the neighborhood.
0: See, this like, doesn't make sense either. This is why no. this episode is weird to me. Like,
1: yeah. So it's like her. And that's gonna get
0: worse. Involvement this
1: in this. Yeah. I mean, it's not unusual for her to reach out to a neighbor. What she does later, um, mm-hmm. I think that's very Cindy-like. But this, like you know putting the alarm system in and things like that it seems like she's pressured to do that maybe she's just bored and like got fixated on it for whatever reason so i don't know i worry about cindy here
0: this is why it seems weird to me too like if it feels like we're just randomly dropped into this episode it's because we didn't even have something happen to make her all of a sudden be nervous like it, it feels like this should come after an episode where maybe there was a break in in the neighborhood, well, don't something they happened. That? Yeah, well, they make it, it up though. Like nothing actually yeah. happened. It's like all of a sudden Cindy's scared. Like she hasn't been scared at all. Yeah,
2: they're using these know? scare tactics, which you would think the Walshes would be kind of like. Look, this is <laughs> right. they have this, this is guy like shilling
1: care. this fucking alarm system in their mm-hmm. home. Like how they, they would be
2: re- like. The way we've, we've gotten to know the Walshes up to this point. Like they'd be rolling their eyes. Like they'd be like, Oh, come on. This is Beverly Hills, busy bodies. Like, (laughs) so it it definitely feels like it's, it's, um, very forced writing for the Walsh character, the Walsh elder Cindy in particular, who, I mean, yes, to your point, she's been involved in her community, but tends to not, um, roll over as easily Mm -hmm. as she does. Um, for the sake of this kind of stupid plot.
0: <laughs> if you weren't really watching week to week and you happened to tune into this episode, you would get no real feel for what anything is going on. Right. None right. of these characters are really acting how they would normally act, except for maybe Brandon. Um, and I guess Andrea a little bit, but, but like mm-hmm. if you just got dropped in here, you would have no clue as to what was happening this season. It's just, that's why it's just so random to me. It's this complete bottle episode. Yeah. Uh, Cindy brings some food over to the new neighbors, and we officially meet Miss Felicity, Mrs. Felicity Ash. They kind of laugh. Uh, Cindy gives a pamphlet for the neighborhood watch. She says she's the new captain, and Felicity says that her husband jokes it's a good thing the break-ins happened before they moved in. And Cindy's kind of caught off guard, and then she's like, I'm joking. Uh, Cindy's a little shook, but I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Hilarious. Yeah, that yeah was I did good. like this exchange. Uh, Brandon RA3 is driving home. Robinson's opening up a bit about moving from the hood to Beverly Hills, and he reveals that his dad is the founder of Papa's Popcorn. Uh, he offers up some free popcorn in exchange for a ride to school. He's always working it, it seems like, his <laughs> RA3. Uh, Brandon then drops him off. He goes to leave the Ash House and slams into another car. He starts to argue with this driver, and they fight over who uh, has it worse with their dads, uh, basically, who's going to get kind of bitched at the most. We go to the Walsh house. Jim says he'll pay for the accident. Brandon's pissed. They are paying, uh, but Jim says he doesn't want his insurance to go up. He just wants it over with. Cindy doesn't want to cause issues to the new neighbors and she throws it down hard on Brandon again, which is out of character for her. She's yeah. like, oh, yeah. like barking at him, like super on edge. Yeah. Like, we are yeah, not going to yeah. be... She's acting like she's new still. Again, <laughs> this, this feels like a season one. Are we sure we didn't film this in season one? I don't this... <laughs> mm. Like, it, it feels like it to me the way they're acting um so then we cut over to the ash house papa's given Charisse, uh who we found out was the, the girl that brandon banged into uh obviously is papa's daughter here and our, uh robin's sister says it was her fault and he's going to call insurance she wants to sue brandon and says since they moved here they've all become a whiter shade of pale papa Jeez. says Charisse needed space from devo and that's why they moved papa tells her to go to tell brandon that they're going to pay uh, so she goes to do that As she's leaving Brandon walks up to the Ash House They talk And they both reveal Their father's intentions We get a little flirting And then we see Robinson Is taking the pictures From the window With his camera um, All right So let's pause there For a second Jenny What do you think Of these next couple of scenes With the and, uh, intro- introduction Of Charisse And uh, the car accident Etc
1: I don't know Who do you think Was at fault In the car
0: accident
1: Sure, 100% uh, I would think so yeah, She kept
0: battling Around that corner
1: yeah, she really did. Uh, I felt well. Brandon, Brandon
2: was backing up though, right? Shouldn't she have had? Was she actually pulling in as he was backing up? I, I
0: that's mean, what it looked like to me.
2: It kind of seemed I, like I, she had the right away, but he, she should have. I mean, seen him coming. She, obviously, I think she was coming into the should've... driveway.
0: I think she was yeah. coming fast into the driveway, and he was backing coming
2: up. fast into the drive. Which, in that case, I mean, you can't just. <laughs> slam into someone but so this
0: actually almost this is like a, almost a real life scenario for me so uh yeah. we were about <laughs> to start our one of our weekly basketball games at no and at parents house and i had parked in my usual spot in the driveway which blocks in any other cars so i'm leaving so uh andy's dad comes out who owns the house and he gets he's like "Oh, i gotta leave do you mind backing out so i can leave and you can pull back in so i'm like sure so i go to back out he's got his brand new fucking audi or whatever he's got going on uh he comes driving out of the driveway and around the bend i see don uh flying down the fucking street and i know don like i know the back of my hand at his driving i know this motherfucker is about to whip into the driveway at like 100 miles an hour like he's going to take a hard left into the driveway I'm sitting there and I'm watching these two cars simultaneously drive toward each other without any clue that either was coming. I lay on the horn. Neither of them notice. But Andy's dad happened to kept, hit the end of the driveway just before Don was starting to turn. So he saw him and stopped. But wow. if it was like if Don arrived like a second earlier, he would have just plowed right into him in the fucking driveway. And we would have had a Cherise situation.
1: <laughs> yep. That one,
0: that one lives in my mind. Whenever I have like a pulling out of the driveway, it pops in my head. Make sure no <laughs> one's flying around the corner into the driveway behind Seriously. me. Seriously,
2: well, it's also like, is this maybe a blind turn? She wouldn't have, been able I see. But we also are told like she kind of drives like a bat out of hell.
0: So. Right? Yeah, that's kind of established quickly.
2: Um, yeah, I
1: yeah, definitely this is, drove this is one like of those, her of <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager.
2: I could legitimately see like it's almost like almost a no fault situation where they just. They're both kind of at fault, so it cancels mm-hmm. each other out. The um, parents
1: seem to think so, so that's good, right?
2: at least. That's uh, also a little yeah. bit unusual that Jim is well, so...
1: Well, neither want uh, to... Yeah.
0: I guess neither want to ruffle feathers, right? Mm-hmm. And it is probably a little bit of underlying, mm-hmm. you know, concern from the ashes, right? That the new family is obviously yeah. a perception, as we've heard. Uh, so they're nervous and don't want to, um, you know, risk pissing off established neighbors whereas jim is like you know he is usually money first so he probably already ran Mm -hmm. the numbers and he knows Mm -hmm. it's cheaper just to to cut a check to them directly than try and go through insurance and all this other crap i guess i'm just surprised
2: i'm just surprised he didn't at least go over there and be like all right what happened here like just right true just to get a little more information but it there is a certain point where our criticisms just turn into it's a tv show don't worry about it (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, a little bit in the weeds there
2: Yeah, but it's just more of that Kind of iffy writing For for the two Walsh parents Um, But uh, we should
1: There was some decent heat uh, Between, you know, Brandon And her uh, after Their collision Like, Mm -hmm. you know, besides The whole collision part Mm -hmm. It seemed like they were kind of Into each other a little bit I don't know. Did y'all catch any vibes from them?
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. Um, uh, I'm really pissed right now, but um, I wasn't expecting uh, for you to be kind of hot at the same time.
1: Right. Yeah. That's right. So also, like kind of high.
2: Yeah. There's that underlying tension, which Sharish, by the way, is played by Vivica A. Fox. So yes. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Uh, Has she done uh, anything yet?
0: Like, is this, like, a good get, or um, is this, like, a star before they were a star type of situation?
2: I'm not well-versed enough in her filmography to say. I guess uh, probably got to be early. Though. I mean, um, yeah, she clearly is young. Here, oh, yeah, so yeah. I, don't, I don't, yeah. But, um, Dad is Richard Roundtree, so, I mean.
1: Papa.
2: They, I love yeah, that we Papa. call him Papa. Papa.
1: Papa, Papa pop um, popcorn. We don't ever a get a name. Popcorn. For
2: yes, I love that he's a po- uh, popcorn magnate as well. Um, <laughs> magnate. But I mean, they they got some name actors for these guest stars, right? Yes. I mean, again, even if Vivica Fox was
0: not, yeah, she wasn't in much. time.
2: Yeah. she she would be. I mean, she blew, she mm-hmm. blows up pretty quick. She's right? has been
0: in so many fucking movies. Uh, she was she had only been in Born on the Fourth of July uh, as a hooker. Mm-hmm. In a minor role. And then she was on Days of Our Lives, China Beach, Choose the Boss, Generations, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air were her only credits Mm -hmm. prior to this. So, yeah. Oh,
1: yes. Pretty
0: new. Wow.
1: I know her from Independence Day, where she was a stripper. and uh, Will Will, Will, Mm -hmm. Will Smith's wife.
0: Yep. Well, before that, she was in Don't Be a Menace. So I'm guessing those are her two kind of Yeah. Breakouts. Uh, All right. So there's that. Cindy is at home. The alarm's going off. She's startled. She's scared. She wants to call security. Uh, But Brandon's fucking up the alarm because it was just him. He was trying to go for a bike ride before school and the code is not working. Cindy's on edge this whole episode. She's screaming at Brandon. (laughs) He's like, what do you want me to do? (laughs) The alarm How won't turn
1: off. I going for bike rides in the morning? For some reason, that's it's so six, weird. Six
0: a.m. bike ride. What, oh, beautiful what are you really doing, else. kid? Uh, the alarm won't turn off. The yelling at the phone on on the phone at the at the company. It's just pure chaos. Jim comes over and fixes it, so it shuts right. off. So we already start the day with a lot of chaos here in the the Walsh house. Brandon and Brenda drive to school. Uh, Brandon says he's picking up Robinson, and again he almost has a head-on collision with Charisse. Brandon kind of busts her balls about driving and assumes she's on her way to college. But Sharice says, no, I'm still in high school. And he's like, well, you don't go to West Beverly. She goes, no, I go to Baldwin High School, which is where they're from originally. Brandon says, why? We don't really get much of an answer, but we cut to the Blaze office. And Brandon is this going on and on about this girl. Talk about Sharice and her comments. So West Bev is stuck up and this and that. She's going to keep it real by staying at her old high school of Baldwin. Uh, Brandon says that RA3. Uh, even said that Sharice is complaining about not having hard classes at Baldwin. So why wouldn't she want to come here where classes are more comp- uh, complex, I guess? I don't know. more challenging. Uh, Andrea says she wants to do a story on Sharice, trying to figure out the hook. And is you can kind of see the wheels turn and she sees herself in this girl in a bit of a reverse situation. right? Like, Andrea did choose to go to the better school um, and, and is using a fake setup to be there. So it's kind of the opposite of Sharice uh andre wants brandon to work with robinson and figure out a hook on the story steve is on campus he's complaining that robinson's always taking his picture dylan says the last thing the school needs is paparazzi donna says robinson is like a black david silver and brenda says brandon has a crush on his sister uh brandon tells robinson that andrea wants to interview sharice he thinks he won't go for it because she hates white people (laughs) <laughs> this is quite the episode, 1991. What a week. When Donna says he's like a black David Silver, Dylan goes, I didn't realize David was black. Yes. Uh, which is funny. Sharice yes. uh, calls Devo at his job, but he won't talk to her. She talks to someone else, uh, who's a very comedic character, by the way. He's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Brandon and Robinson are then at the Ash House for dinner. The ashes are heading out for an, uh, to a special event felicity offers brandon their new cajun light popcorn as a taste test and he accepts sharice is on the phone talking to devo devo doesn't want to come out to beverly hills she says hey just come tonight my parents are out but he keeps pushing back he's making all kinds of excuses uh says that uh his brothers are in town meeting with his mom sharice basically says screw you and your antics and your excuses i'm out uh, so she hangs up on him calls him a sucker Brandon overhears it, uh, and him and Sharice bicker a little bit about her feelings on Beverly Hills. Brandon calls a "Reese," which she does not like. Uh, Brandon lays it on with his nice guy shtick, uh, and he says, shades and colors i have never stopped him before. So, he's really bringing his fastball. Uh, Brandon then tells Robinson that he's going to bail on them eating popcorn and hanging out because he's going to take Sharice out on a date. Uh, Robinson says okay, but he's definitely very shaky, uh, and seems aggravated, Tim. So, uh... What do you think to this point well, here, before we get to Brandon and Sheree's date? There is a lot of
2: nonsense going on here. Um, <laughs> so the alarm going off is kind of just played for slapstick comedic purposes. Right. Th- and this is going to happen a few times throughout the episode. And I'm like, all this scene really does is make Cindy look like a total fucking dingbat. <laughs> like ah! she's this dumb bitch. You can't figure out her own stupid alarm system that she had put in and her husband has to go and turn off, mm-hmm. right? Like she just looks so stupid in this scene. Yeah. And again, it's just more of that. If This is your first impression of Cindy Walsh. You're just thinking this idiot, dumb housewife from the Midwest who can't do anything without tripping over her own feet, kind of like and, this. And
0: I and I hate to say that I want this to have happened, but like she probably should have had a run in. With someone mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Like, something to make her. Some why is she so yeah. skittish all of a sudden out About of nowhere? Like, I know really there's been break ins, yeah. but they don't really make it like they've been serious break. There's all like, oh, this no. rummaging through car. Like, like give us something. Like, oh, someone was hit with an object that is in the hospital. Like, give us something that scares her. Like, maybe she sees something someone walking. There's yeah. nothing going on here that gives you any vibe for why Cindy would suddenly be, like, insane and out of her mind um, and scared. Like, this wildly scared. About living here. When she's been here all yeah. the same, no problem.
2: Especially when Jim doesn't especially seem on board with it in the first place. He's kind of right. like, oh, whatever. This is your deal. And now he's getting pissed because he has to deal with it. Right. <laughs> um, so all that is just bad. It's just It just sucks and it's bad. Uh, what's also bad, I think, or just doesn't make sense, is Andrea – like, I can – I get how she sort of is maybe seeing herself and Charisse, but she hasn't even met this girl yet, and somehow she thinks there's a story to be told that will be of interest to West Beverly students about some girl who doesn't even go there. Like, wh- Why would this be a story for right their pa- their student paper right about someone who is not even a West Bev student? Um, and for that matter, it's about, uh, a student who doesn't want to go to West Beverly. It's like, Hey, look, I mean, why would anyone care what someone else's opinion of, of their school is who mm-hmm. does not attend the school? It just, it,
1: why would Andrea want to expose somebody like that when she, right, is the one that right. the hide?
2: that's the other side to it. Yeah. Like, isn't this kind of, who knows if maybe Sharice's oh. situation is similar to Andrea's
1: yeah, why and you now
2: she's going to be, what the hell? Yeah, she's, like, going to be blowing the whistle on this girl, potentially? What? What is that? Um, and who knows if, uh, you know, West Bev administration starts sniffing around to see, oh, is this a problem at our school? Like, why would she even want to go there? Because um, this has been an issue with Andrea in the past. Um, think of the, the earlier <laughs> race-related episode, of all things. Um, that was about students from out of district... Uh, getting, like, special privileges to be on the basketball right. team or whatever. And she was like, don't make this into a story because they could start sniffing yeah. around and, you right. know, blow my cover. Mm-hmm. So it, she's completely of, of you know, the opposite frame of mind here. And that, I mean, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, yeah. um Also, total dick move by Brandon ditching Robinson yeah, that was to... Shitty. It'd be one thing if he was like, Hey, something came up, like I got an opportunity to take this girl out that I've really liked, but it it's like it's his sister.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like blatantly... or even just say, Hey, why don't the three of us hang out? Like Right, yeah. Yeah. Just... Blatantly ditching
2: this kid to take out his sister. He also uses um his black voice when he's imitating Sharice, <laughs> which Sarah. is Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Not awful. the first time for
0: him. Yeah.
2: No. Um. And she kind of gives him a pass on that, but his whole yeah, the nice get the nice guy spiel he slips into. It's ooh, 1991. Uh, m- misfire. Uh, Jenny, am I missing anything?
1: Uh, maybe just how hot um, R R A three's mom is when she goes
0: out. <laughs> okay.
1: She's wearing yeah. that hot uh, white gown. She's got those earrings. She's Ooh, full yeah, on.
2: yeah, that that outfit. Whammer. Yeah, that's another.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she owns it. Like I I don't know why I related to this woman for whatever reason in this episode. I just thought she had like her that maybe that initial uh, interaction with Cindy like endeared me to her. But like all the she just had like little parts in the rest mm. of the episode. But I thought she was like really good.
0: No, she was good. Well, and the curious yeah. thing too is, you kind of expect, and I guess we'll track this. Uh, like they're almost setting this up for like, yeah. You know what? It finally hit me. This, this is what this feels like. It feels like a backdoor pilot. Ooh. It does. It, it feels really does. like it. It makes it no sense. Little family. Yeah. yeah, like it really. It's almost like we're dropping into their world versus them coming into nine hundred two one zero. That's what it feels like to me. Like this feels like they're setting up for an Ash show, and we're using the nine hundred two one zero. Set up for it. Yeah. It's been killing me to what it that's what it is. That's what it feels like to me. It's that's maybe that was the yeah. idea. Um, maybe they're trying to get. Yeah. It's like a song for Vivica, which
2: I mean, I don't know. Who, I mean, fresh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air would have started around the same time as 90210. And this right. is. Is the idea maybe this. I mean, not that there can only be one black show at a time. I'm not trying to say that, but. This is very much the same sort of premise as a fresh right. prince, right? Right. And it's like, was this maybe, if if there was an intention of doing an ashes to ashes, series, I don't know what you would call it. Um, like a more ashes. dramatic, a more
0: dramatic version of fresh prince, maybe. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is, even if they weren't trying, like they. The way it's presented feels like it, 100%. It really does, yeah. Because it's so removed from everything else we got going on and so focused just on this family. Like, the whole episode is only about this family and their issues. It's not even how they cross with our usual characters. It's really focused on their issues.
2: Right. They even get their own, like, supporting characters and shit, like, as this goes on, so... Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, you might have called it. I mean, that, that could have been... The idea here.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ramon, who is the uh, guy who works with Devo, it's talking to Devo. He's super
1: hot, by the way. Uh, right. Kind of steals
0: Ramon. all of his uh-huh. scenes,
1: too. Yeah. Like...
0: <laughs> I was hoping that was Devo at 1st like, oh, this guy's right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, boy.
0: He tells Devo what Beverly Hills is like and says, look, if you got the chance, go. Go romance Charisse, you know, dress the For part. And get there. like Go do it up, man. Uh, Brandon, meanwhile, is on his date with Charisse. He takes her to the peach pit. He introduces her to David, Donna, Dylan, who, uh, David says, you can call us the three D's. And Dylan says, no, you can't. Uh, Dylan is like comedic, oh God. like comedic relief here, which is again, weird. Yeah. Like he's just like dropping one-liners in the background. Uh, Steve, Steve, Kelly, and Brenda are also there. Steve kind of flirts a little bit with Charisse. Kelly tells Brandon he's very hip. Uh, oh my God.
1: God, uh, Brandon's
0: smiling. What are we doing?
1: That was so cringy. I about fucking died.
0: Yeah. Oof. Devo uh, is dressed up now. He's coming into Beverly Hills. He's got flowers. Uh, he's trying to find the Ash home. He's talking to an operator, but the Ashes aren't listed. Uh, we go back to the Walsh house. The alarm's going off uh jim is pissed then he says Miss- mrs cooper called security patrol about barking dogs so the security patrol are on their way anyway jim is able to turn the alarm off yet again he figures it out and then if you didn't see this coming you haven't watched any tv or movie ever <laughs> uh, devos working in the neighborhood uh there's dogs barking all over them up, pull the security patrol, and they're just all over Devo immediately. Devo, of course, gives attitude because he's like, fuck you, I'm not doing anything, you're hassling me. The patrols say, are you the you know, person who's been doing all the burglaries? And they rough him up, they throw him down in the, the hood of the car and kind of tell him to shut up and uh, start to hustle him. Uh, Brenda is at home with Brandon, she says the whole crew really likes Sharice, Brandon says he's not sure that she likes him. Cindy's getting info from Mrs. Cooper about the prowler, uh, who they find out was a friend of Charisse's. Jim is surprised Brandon went on a date because he was going to take her to, well, again, this they really toe the line here. because Jim goes, I'm surprised like you'd want to go on a date with her. And he's like, mm-hmm. why? And he's like, oh, well, uh, well you were going to take her to court two weeks ago. And Brandon's like, okay, yeah, true. Uh, Brandon goes by the Ash House to talk to Robinson uh, about the patrol issue. RA3 downplays it. Brandon keeps pushing, but he says, I just want to forget about it. Uh, 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 Jenny what would you think of this uh, Poor Devo getting hassled by the man
1: I thought Devo was super endearing In this little stretch here You know his buddy was like super cool to him You know totally You know talked him up Pumped him up He got dressed up He tried to figure out where to go uh, He had his little flowers Simply was walking down the street Literally mm-hmm. doing nothing So, uh, you know, he stood up for himself. He got, he got screwed and it was fucked up. So, yeah, um, I I felt angry, you know, (laughs) which we'll get to Brandon's outrage later. But, um, you know, I just, I felt bad for him and um, he was just trying to do the right thing, Tim. He was just trying to go see his girl.
2: Yeah, it's, um. It's definitely an uncomfortable scene, designed to be uncomfortable. It sure it's, is um, one that I mean, we hear about every day. Uh, this and much worse things happening for uh, the crime mm-hmm. of being a black pedestrian in Beverly Hills or any right. white space, I guess. Um, the um, so it, it seems like the, it's the cops pulling on This is an interesting choice. I think that the right. Episode makes, and I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into it, or if it's more. This is maybe um, I don't know more contemporary events sort of creeping into my interpretation, mm-hmm. but they sure make it seem like it's it's the cops who are hassling him initially, and I mean I'll just say it. Come to find out, it's actually the security patrol. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like um, is this. Is this a way of the show saying, oh, you're trying to save face a little bit by saying, well, it wasn't actually like the LAPD right,
0: right yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe trying to toe the line and, and not He's knock vilify, off cops, kind
0: of going on their own.
2: Yeah. Not vilify cops too much and say it was this um this overzealous neighborhood watch group, basically. And
1: but it, it kind of allows they them they treat it as though they're cops.
2: They do, you know, and they, they're very, they, they know they're, they're, they, they elevate
1: they're that.
2: Right. So it, it, on the one hand, it's like, Hey, we're doing an episode about police brutality, but it's not, not really. actually police who are committing this, this act. Um, so they can kind of, kind of have that plausible deniability, you know, if they are to get called out, I don't know. Um, I guess it just feels a little bit like playing both sides, but Fact yep. is, he does get hassled by these assholes um, for doing nothing. And, I mean, what do they think he's got in the bag? Like, is he it, – it, is that a concealed weapon? Do they think he has a bag Crack. of drugs that he's walking around
0: right. the streets? Mm-hmm. Of, well, this is why I think it's, it's important with. what you're saying is that the knockoff cops, because they're in over their heads, right? They're just, Clearly, they're just almost yeah. as panicked as probably the residents are, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. we all know what's going on. Um, a guy doesn't belong here. Different color skin that normally lives here, and he's yeah. carrying a bag. There's been a bunch of burglaries. I don't know if they thought it was a gun, they might have thought it was this bag of burglary things like that he's stolen. <laughs> burglary <laughs> devices yeah. or things he's taken, right? Maybe they thought like that's where he's keeping yeah, the goods. Yeah.
1: Barrier bonds go. or whatever,
2: yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, negotiable barrier bonds. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's, it's uh, a shit show.
0: Um,
2: it's a shit show. It is.
0: I mean, you know, obviously the Ronnie King stuff was earlier this year, so they're they're trying to stay topical to the area, mm-hmm. to the timeline. Um, but yeah, I just feel so shoehorned. Uh, Papa's all over Charisse about breaking the rules. He's told her not to see Devo. That no-class bum uh, got into a fight with police in front of their house while she was out gallivanting. Uh, Papa's sick of being lied to about her sneaking around with a dropout, uh, but she's had it with all the rules. Papa's shit all over Devo. He's worried about the neighbor's. He said, we didn't come to Beverly Hills to be put inside a microscope. Papa says, it's uh, hard on her because he loves her. And Felicity says, it'll all blow over. Uh, I like Papa here. I think his choice of words is good. Uh, Mm. Steve and Kelly grill Brandon about what happened with Sharice last night, but they meant the date, not the Devo incident, because they had no clue what happened. (laughs) Steve then says, any jungle? Uh. (laughs) fever? What are we doing? And Brandon uh, has one of the best lines. He goes, I think you two should start getting or should you get back together or whatever because Kelly is Steve are- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nosy. Uh Andre needs a sports story from Brandon to put the paper to bed. They debate the story that they could be there with Devo and the police. Andre says go talk to Devo. Brandon goes to talk to Robinson and ask some questions about Devo, but RA3 wants to forget about all this. Brandon says this is about breaking news stories and basically tells Robinson, you want that staff position. You're going to help me out. And finally, Robinson snaps. You can see what he's been aggravated about uh, from the date on. He says, you're a user. You used me to get to my sister. Uh, and basically, you only see me as the new black kid of the block. And that makes you just as racist as the safety patrol. So uh, Robinson really laying in hard on Brandon here. Saying, so you just see me as the black friend. And you're using me to get stories. You're using me to get to my sister. You're not really my buddy. Uh, we go to the car. We're in Mondale uh, or uh, form, uh, <laughs> New Mondale. Uh, Brandon is ranting at Brenda about RA3. He says RA3 called him a user and he's racist. And Brenda's kind of not saying that he's not. She's just kind of <laughs> sitting there and then tells him, well, if you didn't think it was true, buddy, uh, you wouldn't really be this upset that he called you out on it. So Charisse comes home. Brandon shows up and she says Robinson told her about the story he's going to do. And she's mad about it. Brandon says he asked her out to be friends, not as a reporter, but she tells him to leave before she gets grounded. Even worse, we hear the Walsh alarm going off again. And Cherie says, maybe you should go because maybe a Negro is breaking in. And that's the exact Mm -hmm. quote. Brandon says she can think what she wants, but what happened to Devo was wrong. And he wants to tell the story, but she sends him home. So Brandon, you know, trying to be righteous Brando that we've seen throughout the uh, series so far, but maybe, uh, is he going too far with this one? Is he pushing too hard without really understanding the ramifications? Definitely possible, we'll see. Uh, but he is not. Uh, you know, he's he's aggravated about how Robinson's viewing his friendship. She, they both think that he's a user, right? Because Charisse absolutely thinks now that he just asked her out to get a story. Uh, Cindy's on the phone yelling to Mrs. Cooper. The safety patrol's already at the house trying to fix things. Brandon and Brenda are pissed about the shitty alarm system. Brenda even says, like, our alarm is why the safety patrol is even in the neighborhood. And that's why they harassed Devo. They wouldn't have been there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The patrol guy, who's kind of the guy that ran the open house earlier in the episode, he tries to apologize to Brandon. Brandon says, Hey, do your officers fill out reports? And he says, yes. So Brandon says, he's going to head to Tamale heaven. He finds out from the report that that's where Devo uh, works. I guess Uh, Brenda's worried about him going there alone. So Tim, take us through these few scenes.
2: Uh, okay, so we haven't seen a lot of Brenda in this episode so far, but when she comes in and makes that entrance, uh, she does have a pretty dramatic impact. Um, because, yeah, she's kind of validating this this stuff that uh, Robinson got in Brandon's face about, um, which, you know, it's like maybe, maybe you're not a racist exactly, but you are using... Mm-hmm. Um, your new friends, supposedly, like both both for like social capital and cred, and also to advance, you know, I guess your journalistic aspirations such as they may be in high school, but really, like he's he's definitely like playing the field here, big time and uh, in ways that are pretty gross. and it's good that someone pointed that out. Um, and that that Brenda really backs it up. She also, as, you know, a nice moment as the voice of wisdom pointing out their fucking alarm system is what got Devo busted. Yeah.
0: Although um, they did. They say earlier that the, they were there anyway because of the dogs barking or something.
2: Yeah, I think they said they're out on patrol anyway, but um, perhaps he, he could have skirted them. Right. You know, if, if not for the fact that they were literally on the street responding to yeah uh, the, the same street responding to the Walsh alarm um false alarm I should say so um yeah I think good points are raised here um The Spike Lee film Jungle Fever by the way mm. uh released in 19, the summer of 1991 so this is only a few months removed from
0: yeah.
2: from that um I'm not all that said I'm not really giving Steve a pass I will just say that if if folks are unaware that was you know actually a movie that was very contemporary to this episode, so it's not completely out of nowhere that Steve is dropping this, um, you know, very loaded racial remark. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Still not a good look, him and Kelly. uh, Like, again, (laughs) very hip, Brandon. She couldn't just... She couldn't just be like, Hey, I, I like your new friend. It had to be well, very that's what's, hip.
0: Right. This is what's very weird too, hip. is they're going out nice of their so. way. This one yeah. makes it feel like a backdoor pilot. Cause they're, they're almost going out of their way to portray like this other world as they're all racist. Like mm. it just, it just feels so off character from everyone just at the expense of getting this one story over. Yeah. I, right.
1: I really do love, um, Brandon's comeback for that. Like, uh... Uh, you you guys should really get back together. Like that's Brandon for like, you know, go fuck yourself.
2: Right.
1: So, I enjoyed that response. <laughs> Steve's <Yeah>. ridiculous comment. <laughs>
2: Just, and,
1: and, yeah,
2: my jaw definitely dropped. At yeah, it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure. Mine too. I mean, uh, also more proof of Bizarro world where Brenda is the voice of reason
2: to Brandon's
1: racism. Um. And he does look like a user, and yeah. that's even more proof of this looking like a backdoor pirate a pilot, uh, because Brandon very rarely looks like a heel. <laughs> no,
0: say. but I will say he low-key does... I feel like this is one thing that's kind of a trend. Like, he is a bit of a... User slash gaslighter, a bit throughout the like, yeah, that's uh, been his one thing. So. Sir. but yeah. not
1: as overt as this. Like, no, this no,
0: is, yeah, like, he's right,
1: yeah, this is like very blatant, and uh, um, it comes across to everybody in the episode, I feel so. It's, like, it's just weird, starts and out then, like he's and he using... so, goes down to see the guy at the restaurant, like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, he, that
1: is just a little bit too hard.
2: It starts out as like his friendship with Robinson is kind of motivated by they need a staff photographer and, you know, we can maybe forgive that. Maybe they ultimately do hit it off. That's cool. But then um, he kind of uses Robinson to get to Sharice, right, because he's interested in her maybe romantically And then this other bullshit happens in the neighborhood with Devo, and now he's like using Sharice's relationship with Mm -hmm. Devo to get to this story, and ultimately he's going to use Devo to publish, get this story out there Mm -hmm. into the world. And it's just like, all right, that's a lot of. I mean.
0: I guess that's how reporters do operate, right? <laughs>
2: just, sure, it feels like, probably, on brand. It's a lot for one episode to, to hang on Brandon's right. character, right? And, uh, I mean, we get that. We understand he's a go-getter. He's kind of sanctimonious, but it's a school paper. like Yeah, <laughs> dude, ex- well, they're still, trying to
0: win the award. Remember, we found that out.
2: <laughs> right. They're trying <laughs> well, to be the best school yeah. paper ever award, or whatever yeah. it's called. So, yeah. Uh, which maybe that could have come up also. We, we maybe could have used a reminder of that and it just never happened.
0: All right. We head to South Los Angeles. Brandon gets some dirty looks from a crew as he rolls up to Tamale heaven. Devo kind of spots what's going on as he's taking out the trash. He runs off the tough guys who are staring down Brandon. Uh, you know, they're kind of mean mugging Brandon and he basically says, get the fuck out of here. Bunch of posers or I'm going to call, Call the cops or whatever. Uh, Devo says Brandon should go back to his side of the hill if he's looking to score. So he thinks Brandon's here for some drugs. Brandon follows him inside. He says he isn't a doper. (laughs) This is such a Brandon line. I'm not a doper. Mm -hmm. Uh, That he's here to talk to Devo as a reporter and Sharice's neighbor. Devo's all banged up from the attack. And he says, did the patrol jack you up? And Devo, Devo, this is you mentioned, Tim, that, you know, Brandon's kind of used in the black voice. Devo busts his balls. He's like, oh, like, you know, jack me up. and like using all Mm. this, you know, slang you've learned on TV, basically. He's all sarcastic. Uh, Devo says what just happened to Brandon is the same thing as what happened to him. It's not right, but that's our world. They talk about Rodney King, and he says the only difference is this time it leaked out on video. Brandon asks Devo if they should just let bygones mean bygones, and tells him he's full of it, and he should be angry. Devon says he is angry, and he's sad. And if Brandon wants a story, the story is that his mother had to beg for money in the middle of the night. To bring him to beverly hills and i'll never forget the look on her face when she saw him in the emergency room after he got rustled up by the cops two of his brothers are in prison there's another one on the pipe and all he's trying to do is just make her proud and do what's right we then see brenda sharice and robinson roll up to bail out brandon sharice talks to devo they hug it out devo's kind of flirting with her immediately turns it on r83 says brandon's gonna do his big expose And pushes them. He says, do it. Go ahead. Go for it. And even has the pictures he can use. Uh, Then Brenda takes pictures of Robinson and Brandon with tamales, which, again, felt weird. Uh, We go back to the Walsh house. The whole crew is eating popcorn. Donna wants, wants a popcorn and yogurt combo, and Robinson jokes that it's already in the works. Dylan says the Blaze looks awesome this week, and that Brandon's article and Robinson's pictures are great. Dylan quotes the article and says he loves Brandon's writing. Uh, Mrs. Cooper comes by. She says she's disappointed that Cindy is canceling the contract due to just one incident. And Cindy says they don't. Uh, what they do is none of Mrs. Cooper's concern. And she likes the Kaplan's dogs. Uh, the Walsh and Ash parents are then in the kitchen. They're talking about baseball. They're drinking coffee. So they're new friends. Uh, Brandon and Sharice then catch up in the cars. At the end of the episode, Sharice says his Devo helps Papa rediscover his roots, and he's kind of laid off now. Uh, they chat about. Uh, a bit about the article, and then they part ways as we wrap up this very special episode, Jenny. Uh, so, what'd you think of the last few scenes into the f- finale? Oh,
1: boy. Um, the way that Brenda and RA3 like, roll up, I'm like. Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know, know man. Dude, that was so fucking weird. I'm like, what are we doing? Like,
2: to the it rescue, was just so. Man.
1: It was just so forced, like all of it, like mm. Brandon encountering the other guys, you right. know, getting the life lesson from Devo.
0: It felt um, like a Saturday special, like yes. that was
1: and it, it, like, yeah, and then they come rolling in, everybody's happy, and then they smile and eat some olives. Um, okay, I we solved racism. Um, so th- that's good. That, that happened. Um, and then we got to popcorn and popcorn jokes. And all of a sudden, Cindy got off the rag and she's she stands up for herself and um, says she likes those fucking loud ass dogs, which is the likes. Nobody likes loud ass dogs. Nope. She just wanted to stick it to that bitchy neighbor. Um, but I like we that. We never Cindy.
0: probably see again either. Again. All right.
1: I, but know. I like that, Cindy, more than this whole other. Rest of the episode, Cindy. So I'm good with that part. Um, And Steve and Kelly do look cozy as fuck on the mm-hmm. couch. When that too
0: was weird. Yes.
1: Yes. I'm like, and because they were cozy, you know, with the jungle first scene and, you know, the, they just seemed sort of more together than I would imagine they would be because, you know, typically she fucking hates them and doesn't want to be yep. around
0: it's, um, this whole thing is
1: weird. Great. Um, you know, Brandon and Charisse tying it up, that was, you know, cutesy and whatever, whatever. Um, we'll never see you again, and you didn't get your spin off, so I'm sorry about that.
2: <laughs> I think I that about it, covers probably. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whatever, whatever. You'll never be seen again. Yeah. Um. This is one of this is one of several episodes of the series where we encounter and then cure racism um, right. at the end of our, you know fifty minute runtime. Uh, I guess, so is this the second time we've cured racism in this show? Because again, we had that earlier that season one basketball team, which started out as sort of more race centered and then kind of became something different as it progressed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, this one is, you don't think of a season two episode as being more clumsily handled than a season one, but I don't know. I think this is kind of, this is kind of there. Um, I was also like just very unconvinced by the, the climax, which again, you've got Brenda and the ashes rolling up for the rescue. Um, but it was kind of like just Brandon said his piece. Devo said his piece and like had much more of a point, but they make it seem like they leave off on equal footing, which Mm -hmm. I don't think is really the message that this episode should Mm -hmm. be trying to get across. (laughs) Like they didn't really seem to solve anything. It's like Brandon's just coming away. Okay. I see your side of it, but I don't know that he's exactly won over by what Devo is, is trying to impart here. Um, I feel like also,
1: Devo is just like I encountered I survived another encounter with white people.
2: Yeah, right. I mean honestly, that's like, more
1: <laughs> like
2: as opposed to racism. It's like right. look at what black I people hate. have to deal with in the world.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> um. I also don't exactly remember Devo giving his blessing for mm. this story to run. Like I know that uh, <laughs> Robinson was encouraging him to go ahead with it, but. I don't know. I guess we it assuming important? it. Yeah. Seems, seems like we needed a scene where like Devo just says, Hey, you know what? I changed my mind. Run the story, man. And it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, so that's kind of left to be assumed. Uh, but talented writer that Brandon is, I mean, it's so well written that again, he does cure racism. Um, his, Dylan is
1: very um, impressed. He Dylan
2: is <laughs> so impressed. Lord, <laughs> what Byron. a great em,
1: installment. Dylan, of Dylan,
2: yeah, <laughs> is just blown away here, um, reigniting his uh, his crush on Brandon. I'm sure. Uh, it's just, yeah.
1: Sexual in that
2: episode. Yeah, really. Just that's getting heated back up. Um, the the Kelly and Steve stuff, you know, like you said, is uncomfortable. Cindy does kind of have a nice moment telling this busybody neighbor off, but maybe a better line. I, I know that the barking dogs has been a running joke through this episode, but maybe a more impactful line would be something like, "I like our new neighbors." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Not,
1: yeah, that was not weird. the
2: barking fucking dogs.
1: Dogs.
2: No, <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah. I don't know. This just <laughs> again it. This is a real wackadoo episode. It fell out of the <laughs> Twilight Zone. I I don't know what we're dealing with. But I'm glad. I don't know who else could have gotten us through it, Jenny. So,
1: <laughs> well, that's all I'm here thank for. You.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I don't think we ever see the ashes again. Nope. It's a one-off. Nope. Nothing else in the episode feels connected to anything. Right down to, like, none of the other... Like, Dylan and Brenda don't seem together... Stephen kelly do kind of it's just yeah i I can't find anything online i've been looking around a little bit that says this was any kind of setup for anything yeah i just don't get why it's so if anyone knows out there like why this one seems so slapped together and just randomly inserted into this world let us know you know i think we started real with it realizing that there's no mention of emily valentine and it's a spiral from there as to why it feels so completely disconnected from everything else it's odd um for sure. So, all right, let's get to our awards and then we'll wrap things up here. Best scene. I had the Walsh alarm blaring in chaos. Uh, I think it was the first, or no, maybe it's the second one. The one where they're all really arguing in the hallway and like Jim's trying to fix it. And I think it's the one where like City's screaming at Brandon. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pure <laughs> madness. Yeah. Um, I
2: did give it to, Devo kind of setting Brandon straight where he's literally referencing the, the Rodney King beatings and the riots. Like I I think that um, it was a fairly decently written scene, but more so than that, the performance and I'm sorry, I don't know the actor who plays Devo. I I thought that was a really good performance by that actor. Um, I, I think it should have maybe registered more on Brandon's side, but that it didn't isn't really the fault of the scene it's the the delivery itself.
1: it might be a bit of a wild card, but I went with the uh scene in the car with uh Brenda and Brandon where she was like, Yeah, you might yeah. be a racist yeah, no. dude. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was sort of the turning point for him, you know, to, to go like uh extremely overboard to do this whole thing where he's trying to prove he's not a racist by being Outrage by yeah,
0: yeah. the lack of Brendan. In this episode too speaks to it feeling like a bottle, weird bottle episode. Like she's been so focused on, and she's just barely in, in this episode. So yeah. mm-hmm. uh, most important scene. I went. This is where I went with Brandon and Devo's special talk outside right, yeah, the okay. Molly joint. Yeah, yep. Timmy, the same there. Um, well, actually,
2: there I, I went with Devo getting hassled and assaulted by the security patrol. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Just because it has some present day connotations as
0: well.
1: Mm.
0: Most '90s, I want Steve uh, when he's dressed up. He's got the button down tucked tight into his hammer pants with the cinched belt. Uh, mm. I mean, good for him. He's looking slim, but like the uh, the the pants are like way baggier than like it goes in like an hourglass. Like the shirt's baggy, tight yeah. into the waist, and then back out of the pants.
2: Yeah, oh I've, I've definitely got him as a contender. Um, I mentioned Andrea with uh, her polka dot. A lot of polka dots in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, Diva's uh, peace symbol, like pendant earring, which I'm not even sure <laughs> if his ear is actually pierced or if it's just a dangling on. earring. Yeah. On. But ultimately, I had to give it to... Uh, the local Tufts outside the tamale place. When <laughs> Brandon wrote, They looked like extras from House Party, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just...
1: That was good. Um, yeah. This one goes to Cindy when she finally grows some balls. She's wearing a track suit. Um,
0: <laughs> Go full uh, uh, Carmela Soprano. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. completely. Kills it.
0: All right, best lesson learned. I'm sorry, the most 90s moment. I want this. I mean, the discussion on Rodney King is that. Yeah. There's a bunch, obviously. There's Jungle there's reference. B- there like this Fear reference. Like this
1: whole
2: episode is a 90s yeah. Yeah. moment. Um,
0: Neighborhood Watch. Yep.
2: Um, you know what? A low-key one was. <laughs> to mo- yeah, it's a Molly Heaven, right? Uh, there's a Judge Wapner in the People's Court drop Um, <laughs> earlier in the episode, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys enjoyed that as much as I did growing up, but took me back um and i mean just again the mention of jungle fever like i I guess it's weird to think there was a time you could i mean you shouldn't but people would (laughs) use that term kind of casually because of the movie
0: um so yeah Mm uh best lesson learned i want don't use your friends for news stories
2: um i went with newspapers Yep, no, that's a good one. Uh, I went with, it's okay for the Walshes to have black neighbors as long as it's just for one episode. Yes. <laughs> it seems to be the takeaway here.
1: Um, Don't back down the driveway in Beverly Hills.
0: Mm. Best hookup, I went Devo and Cherise. Uh, I thought their little snuggle at the end was the the best part there of the, any relationship stuff. Yeah, mm. I go to them him flirting
1: it yeah. up yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: and uh best quote i had uh he reminds me of david silver only he's black i didn't realize david <laughs> silver was black uh donna and dylan the three d's was funny too um those are probably the best ones for me outside of the jungle fever disaster
2: um I definitely had those Especially David's delivery of You can just call us the three D's Like he's so <laughs> enthusiastic <laughs> Dylan just so no salt, And the way, like If you pause it right after he says that The looks on Dylan and Donna's faces Are just <laughs> like, what did you say? Um, I also have uh, Honorable mention This is uh, Charisse While she's arguing with her parents And Robinson kind of butts in <laughs> it's such a night he says she this is an a and b conversation so see your way out of
0: it <laughs> yeah yeah the um the other i guess the only other thing you could say that maybe merits some mention was being like part of the ongoing stories is donna forcing david's name into a conversation because uh, we've mm-hmm. seen slowly that maybe she's starting to have feelings for him so she, like, mm-hmm. forcefully brings him up when she says he's like a black David Silver. Like, why is she thinking about David, you know? Mm. Um, and
2: they are sit. I mean, in defense of the 3D situation, like, right. they are sitting together. Um, whereas normally, like, David would be, right. you know, trying to get with Kelly. But now
0: it's like, obviously, that's an awkward situation.
2: Yeah, he's so moved on. He's, he's
0: moved on. Since the Romeo he, and Juliet thing. It seems like him and Donna are kind of vibing yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, final grade. Um, I'll be honest, I had this one higher when I watched it the other day because, in a vacuum, it felt like, oh, yeah, it's a pretty good episode of Fox. I like the father, blah, blah, blah. But watching it again here, um, and and not watching it, talking through it here, and realizing just how off it was in the rest of the series, how like forced a lot of the talk was about the topic it really dropped it down for me so i just ended up going to baseline five out of ten like just said yes. like i think it's it's a fine episode of television so that's what gets at the five right it's it's fine it's topical it hits on a you know cultural topic of the day but in the construct of the series i don't i don't see the benefit of it like if this just never exists it mm-hmm. it doesn't impact the series in any way. It's it, it's nothing means anything. The characters don't seem to be acting within their sort of traits. Nothing is furthered from it. It, it. Like it wasn't good enough to rise above that. I think so. I originally had this more like a seven and a half, but I dropped it through talking to him. I just it just to me it doesn't resonate and it doesn't make
1: sense. Yeah, you dropped <laughs> it quite a bit. Uh, I um. I don't disagree with you but what I ultimately decided to do was base it on the merits of the performances that we got right so mm. I I really thought everybody nailed all their shit like all the new characters even though you know were mm. it, it feels weird feels like a one off they're fully formed like they're not awkward like they're it's not it's not weird to see them at all, if that makes sense. Like I thought that they naturally sort of kind of blossomed there in the world and they just felt like fully formed characters. And that's why we get that feeling like there's something here, right? Like there's something else they were going to do and there really wasn't, but it's just because their performances made us feel that way. So that's kind of how I went when I was deciding on the ultimate grade Um, and then, you know, our normal characters, they, they were out of character, but, um, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go six and a half out of 10.
2: Yeah. We're going to be all over the place here. Um, (laughs) Uh What's coming? No, I mean, I'm not going to be terrible, but, um, I totally see where you're coming from, Jenny. And I think if I was rating this as like. Again, as a pilot of, like, an Ashes to Ashes TV show, I'd probably be higher on it. I like these new characters. I completely agree that these performances are strong. Um, we get some name actors with, again, Richard Roundtree and Vivica A. Fox. Um, and, you know, they're they're just very likable. And uh, I, if anything, would like to see more of them. And the fact that we don't is really disappointing. So to try to grade it as an episode of Beverly Hills 90210, it has multiple issues, right? uh, To Justin's point, it doesn't make a lot of sense in the broader context of these season two episodes we've been following. Um, Its messaging is kind of all over the place. The characters are uh, written in a way that is wildly inconsistent with how we've come to know them. Um, and it just, it, again, it just feels like it, it fell out of another dimension. Mm Um, and I guess the thing that's sort of damning here is, um, we don't, you know, this is a very white show and we don't get a lot of opportunities to even see, uh, characters who are you know just people of color right Right. maybe later in this right now universe yeah like maybe later it gets a little better but so far this has been a very white show so when we do get uh an introduction to like this black family and again they're they're presented in a way that you'd like to see more of them and we're not going to and it does have again these multiple tonal issues it's like that really sucks because this is a series that when they have tackled big issues when they have done the quote very special episode they usually do like I think their baseline is better than your average 1990 1991 sitcom drama like they they usually like are a cut above that you know when we're we're expecting one thing and they're like oh actually they they did a little better with that material than than I was Um, thinking I was going to get here and, uh, here it was just very, like, this could have been an episode of any old TV show from 1991 that was trying to deal with race. Right. It just, it's, um, (laughs) to, to borrow a term from your wheelhouse, Justin, it feels very replacement level to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm going to give it a four, which that's yeah that's a real low rating for me and for this show but i, I feel like look if this episode isn't a four than what is not a 4 then whats right like yeah i just and i'm it not just, saying it it's, it's going to be resonate. the worst episode of the show maybe there's something out there that you know ahead of that i'm forgetting that's going to be worse but i think thus far this is kind of as bad as it's gotten for me and for this series um and I'd maybe be more forgiving if we were still in season one, but the fact that we're, you know, two years into this now, and we've gotten a string of pretty strong episodes to, to do this very regressive sort of story is like, mm, what happened?
0: Yeah. And, and again, at least if it were a furthered something or felt like it was part of the series versus just this random throwaway episode right, that really right. leads nowhere. None of these characters ever stick around. Um, you know, why is Cindy so frightened all of a sudden, right? Like, why yeah, is yeah. Kelly hanging around with Steve and they're kind of acting like they were a year ago where Kelly's talking about being hip because Brandon's with a black girl? You know, like, it just, none of it seems like it makes sense, like, at all. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Dylan's, like, Statler and Waldorf and then he's, you know, acting all like he's, in, you know, <laughs> like he would be later with the Vietnam War, right? Reading that newspaper. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brandon's, like, a non-entity resonated.
2: for the most part. Um Brandon's super opportunistic. Like the only character who feels sort of Andrea. Yeah, except for that bit where she's true, a yeah. story that is like a non issue to right. West Beverly. Just again, there's some there's something wrong with like everything here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Even, everyone's off. Okay. Jim, races. That I mean.
0: I Jim know. maybe. Jim maybe. Jim maybe seems like the one who's the most on point, but even he with the
1: just no, wanted to pay.
0: Being, yeah,
1: a man being competent, knowing the fucking security code That's true. There.
2: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah be, you know. Right. He has to rescue Cindy, yeah. who's a dumb
0: dingbat, can't figure out. Yeah, the yeah. whole uh, no point. Uh, all right, let's get to our tracker. So we had a bunch of new characters, as you would on a backdoor pilot. Uh-huh. Uh, we had mm-hmm. Robinson Ash the third. We had Felicity Ash, Arisa Ash, Papa Ash, who I guess would be Robinson Ash the second. I could call him Papa, but uh, I guess if you deduce, uh, we also had Devo. We had Ramon. We had Mrs. Cooper, and we had the security uh, patrol boss. And uh, I'm going to leave the security patrol racist cops out of this. Fuck them. Um, so the boss, I think, got enough talking time to warren be on the list uh relationships we had brandon and robinson we had brandon and sharice and devo and sharice uh places and things i had papa's popcorn security patrol and tamale heaven i think i'm missing there
2: um did you mention the the ash household
0: yes they good one okay ash house all right uh for songs according to our site here we had who's school and who by school D at the beginning we had all right now by free that's what the high school band is performing a uh, live cover and then concrete jungle uh by swaying king tech when brandon drives to inglewood to see devo Demars, apparently it's his last name according to this so mm-hmm. there you go is that what he kept saying papa like no, what, he was—he kept calling him something, something, something. It was—he definitely
2: Divo needed the closed captioning because he—he said his name very quickly. He was—he was saying his his full name, um, several times.
1: Was brought it, he brought He
2: would David to Mars. He would say it very, very quickly. Um, I thought it was
0: like a nickname um, he gave him, like a uh, Randy Randy. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. yeah, no, it was just—it so, was a little bit hard to to catch. Like I, I had to. I was like, wait, what did what did he say? And I—that's where I needed the closed captioning a little bit. Um. Right.
0: Randy, Randy. That's a Randy. Uh, All right. So there's all our uh, trackers. Let's get to our character ranking. So I've got him plugged in all the zeros, which is Mel, Jackie, Henry, Emily, Scott, Nat. All no-shows. I also plugged in Brandon at the top. Um, I'm assuming we're all going to have him there. He's the most active character in this episode.
2: Yes. He's the most active. I don't know that he's the most. Yeah, he's (laughs)
0: got to be. I mean, no one else did anything. Number (laughs) one. All right. Uh, so who's the worst of everyone? Um, I, I, probably, Donna, I guess, Kelly. Always. Uh, <laughs> no, Donna at least had the Black David Silver line. I think Kelly had, <laughs> well, she had the hip. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, her, her Steve, and Donna kind of didn't do much. So right. it's like some, and David, I guess. But David at least had the three Ds, which was funny. Uh, David had
2: the three, his delivery of the three Ds. Yeah. One was amazing.
0: And Dylan's down here too, actually. I, I think I'd put David at the top of the five of them.
2: Dylan yeah, had some this. zingers though. At least where yeah. the David Silver's black and That's right. Don't ever call us that. The, with his response to the 3D's, so right. I think I would put Dylan at the top of that. Then David, Donna, Kelly, Steve group. Yeah.
0: Which so Dylan, David, and then I. I th- I guess Steve, because he at least talks about Robinson, too. So, like, he's actually kind of involved there. He's aggravated. He's taking his pictures. That are, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm
2: kind of okay with I that. He, plus, he got best he's dressed, sort or. of.
0: Steve, Donna, than Kelly. I'm
1: good with that. Kelly's at the bottom. I'm good with
0: that. <laughs> she was the worst <laughs> in that scene. I mean, her. The oh, very good. <laughs> Yeah, Donna her, doesn't
1: uh,
2: say anything that could be construed as offensive. She's just Donna, True. you know. Right.
1: Right. Well, what about Brenda?
0: Yeah, so we got to talk about her. Um, so next, I think we get we get the Walshes, all three Walshes, and, oh and Andrea. And I think that's it. One two three four Oh no, who else? Yeah. Who Uh,
2: Dylan, David.
0: Um, like, too too many. No, 16. Uh, yeah, no, I did too what many. Got? I did too many. I got to move everyone up one. That's all. Okay. We got four left. We get the Walshes and mm-hmm. Andrea. Where is Brenda? Um, yeah, we got Brenda, Jim, Cindy, and, and Andrea. We got to figure out. I would do probably.
2: Jim, I mean he's not He's not much of a presence in the episode Although Andrea's not either after the opening scene Mm
0: -hmm. She at least drives the story a bit
2: Yeah, so there's Yeah, I I don't know, maybe Jim
1: Brenda, Andrea, Jim, Cindy
2: I kinda like Brenda being higher on the list. Even
0: though I mean, she's
2: not in it a lot, she sort of has the best material.
0: Yeah, Would I you mean agree? Brenda, I yeah. I feel like Jim could probably be last. Yeah.
1: I think Cindy's last.
0: Stop because she's the most annoying, but she also again like I feel like her and Andrea. Like at least drive the episode. It's such a weird episode. It's hard to gauge. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they were annoying, but they everyone's so out of character. We're like, right? They at least drove the correctly. episode along. The two of them. Mm-hmm. Like without them, the story really doesn't exist. Without, I mean, Brenda and Jim don't really. I-, I think I'd have Jim at the bottom, then Brenda,
1: then Andre, then Cindy. I guess I don't. I don't know. Um. I can, yeah, I think
2: I'm fine with This is such a throwaway episode that it's like, yeah, it's
0: it's a shame that we...
2: <laughs> I almost don't want to even rank any characters for this one because it's like it shouldn't
0: even... I know, well, it's going to ding some uh, long-term uh, rankings there for sure. We're like
1: gonna... agonizing over this shit, you guys. Right?
0: I mean, look, this is the hardest
2: we've ever... The <laughs> most thought we've ever had to put into this Lots, because it's, it usually kind of just, like, stacks up, like, on its own, and it right. sort of becomes automatic. Y'all are the is,
1: hosts. Y'all.
2: You're trying. It's like you're trying to rank. All right. Are we ranking in terms of who was the most in character? Or are we ranking who had the best showing? Or are we ranking like who um, did the most? Like it just. It's it's tough to try to because everything is so at odds with with this. Um. I think I would do Brenda just below Andrea. How about that?
0: That's how we have it. I got Jim, okay. then Brenda, then Andrea, then Cindy from worst to best. Okay. I
2: don't know. Jenny?
1: I said my... I said my... It's fine. Y'all, move, y'all pick y'all's. It's fine.
0: Good enough. Jenny, what do you got right, going good on? Good
1: enough. I have uh, uh, all of my shows going on on every Wednesday. The North South Connection. And um, they include, you heard about Pluto, and Freak Out Driving, and uh, a very good recent episode of Talking Pop. It returned, didn't it, Tim? So. Uh,
2: it sure did. That was, that was you and I. We were without a guest on that one, but we talked some uh, cryptozoology, um, mm-hmm. some urban legends. Do. Yeah, as you do, if you're I- into that sort of thing. I know Justin um, listened to that one, for sure. Big time. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a scary one, so I know, you know that Yeah, I love
0: my monsters.
2: Your horror it's and your fun. monsters and your folklore. Yeah, all about it. So that was on Talking Pop, which was part of the Jenny position, as you said, Jenny, every Wednesday on the North-South Connection. Um, I'm a fan of... Uh, you heard about Pluto. I've mm-hmm. uh, been a guest on Freak Out Drive-In, um, so hopefully... Uh, We'll hook up again soon, Jenny, for for both of those fine programs. Um, Of course, this podcast that you're listening to now, 9021 No So, is a spinoff of the North-South Connection Network, so still affiliated. But uh, if you are not subscribed to us here, if you're listening to this episode but you're unsubscribed, please do subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Um, Subscribe as well to the North-South Connection, of course. Uh, I can be found on Twitter for as long as it still exists at psych68cyke68Jenny. Any Twitter uh, or social media you would like to promote, my friend?
1: At Jenny Position, From all the socials.
0: All right, all right. Let's get to our rankings here, and we'll close things out. Here are our, our uh, updated season two rankings. Well, I guess we'll give the episode the episode first. Uh, mel jackie henry emily scott nat all zeros we then got kelly at seven donna at eight and steve and david and dylan jim brenda andrea cindy and brandon at the top here's our season two stacks up we have mel silver at the bottom with 12 scott scamlin is above him with 13 emily valentine with 16 in her one appearance jackie taylor with 18 nat basuccio at 26 henry thomas at 47 donna martin at 55 kelly taylor drops below andrea zuckerman kelly's at 67 andrea's a 69 david at 72 steve sanders at 73 cindy walsh at 82 jim walsh uh, keeping pace at 91 and then our top three right now dylan mckay drops down to third with 106 below brenda walsh at 108 and brandon uh, pacing the season two lead at 119 here are all time rankings Mel uh, at the bottom with 12, Emily with 16, Jackie with 31, Henry with 47, Nat with 76, Scott with 77, that's our real bottom tier. We'd have Donna Martin at 136, she's in her own universe. David Silver at 199, Andrea uh, had a pretty good showing here, jumps up to 212, Kelly Taylor at 236. Cindy Walsh ahead of her at 249, tied now. We have Jim Walsh at 249, pretty fitting. Uh, Steve Sanders at 254, just above them. And then we have Dylan McKay at 266. And then way ahead, of course, is Brenda Walsh at 351. And Brandon Walsh uh, pulling away from his sister at 360. So there you go. Uh, We are at some point going to break up, like we had talked about, Tim, the kind of secondary characters from the main characters at some point. Yes. Yep.
2: So we're going to have to look at, you know, main title credited cast members versus supporting characters, continuing supporting characters within the show.
1: That might be the nerdiest thing I've ever listened to.
0: Oh, you've heard a lot of nerdy stuff.
1: I know, and I'm saying.
0: Uh, I don't know. That means a lot for me. All right. All right. Let's wrap things up. We'll be back in three weeks' time with our next episode. Hopefully, back to our canon versus this weird one off. Uh, hopefully, you enjoy the episode. Be sure to share it. Uh, go in and leave a rating and review, too, on your podcast app. That helps us for sure. If you know other NATO 2.0 fans, let them know. If you're enjoying this, we appreciate it. little dim sum, little dim sum. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Living in the concrete.
1: Like a concrete. It's like a jungle
2: sometimes. It's like a jungle sometimes. It's like a jungle sometimes.
1: Living
0: in a concrete.
2: It's like a jungle sometimes, it's like a jungle sometimes.
0: It's like a jungle sometimes. Living in the concrete They invade the paradise Beware of the parasites Coming all shapes, forms Dressed in uniforms Promising dreams thought as real as a unicorn A preacher says He's gonna take you To the promised land But you gotta pay the cost Into his open hands Another man says He's looking in your best interest He's just a politician Seek a position Wolves her stuff And she's clothing And we're shaking these man hands Without even knowing So I stop to look past The faces of evil Thinking if I get by How can I bring the people I teach them to nourish one one thought one entity strive for divinity and bring you serenity and never underestimate how far will one go and know what to expect when you're living in a concrete jungle